All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At close of business, news briefing. This podcast episode is sponsored by Pragma Lawyers. Good afternoon and welcome to At Close of Business. This is Simone Grogan with your Wednesday afternoon headlines. The radioactive capsule that went missing somewhere between Newman and Perth last month has been found, Emergency Minister Stephen Dawson has announced. Authorities had been combing a stretch of road spanning some 1,400 kilometres to find the potentially harmful unit, which was believed to have fallen off the back of a truck after leaving a mine site in the Pilbara on January 10. The capsule was located at 11.13am this morning, just south of Newman, approximately two metres by the side of the Great Northern Highway. Mr Dawson said authorities had quite literally found a needle in a haystack and described it as an extraordinary result. You can read more on this breaking story on the Business News website. And in other news, opposition spokesperson Steve Martin has called on newly appointed Forestry Minister Jackie Jarvis to immediately assist workers who have been left blindsided by the closure of Parkside's Manjimup Mill. The Queensland-based timber business confirmed that it would be closing the hardwood processing mill on Southwest Highway in preparation for the state government's ban on hardwood logging due to come into effect in 2024. Business News understands some 30 people are employed at the plant, half of whom are set to be made redundant when the facility is closed on Friday. It is also understood that remaining staff will be transferred to the company's smaller processing operation in Nanup, which will also close in the next two years. Shadow Forestry Minister Steve Martin said the closure of Manjimup Mill had come significantly earlier than expected. And in sport, despite winning just two games in 2022 amid a series of player injuries and COVID infections, the West Coast Eagles managed to stay in the black last year, reporting a $3.46 million surplus in the 12 months to October. Finances lodged yesterday with ASIC show the club's income improved from $74.3 million to $83.3 million in 2022 on the back of greater match, membership and sponsorship revenues. Income from the AFL also increased in that time, from $11.4 million to $13.5 million, at the same time as royalties to the West Australian Football Commission declined from $3.81 million to $2.71 million. Those gains were largely offset by an increase in football and administration expenses, which contributed to a near halving of the club's reported profit of $7.24 million in the year to October 2021. Writing for the report, club chair Paul Fitzpatrick, who took over from Russell Gibbs in November last year, acknowledged the club's poor performances while saying it was pleasing to have played 11 home games with crowds. West Coast managed just two wins from 22 games last year, including a win against Essendon in front of a home crowd in round 15, finishing the season with its worst win-loss record since entering the AFL in 1987. The club will play its first match of the 2023 AFL season against North Melbourne in March, with a series of practice matches against Adelaide and Port Adelaide to be held in Perth later this month. And that's all for me this afternoon. Coming up next on the podcast, Matt McKenzie interviews Liv de Klerk on her latest feature on WA Breweries. At Pragma Lawyers, we help our clients avoid and resolve legal disputes so they can focus on what's important. We do this by thinking outside the square to advance and protect our clients' interests in innovative and cost-effective ways. Based in Subiaco, our specialist lawyers assist in all aspects of business law, including dispute resolution and litigation, insolvency and restructuring, employment and industrial relations, property and business transactions. To find out why Australasian Lawyer Magazine awarded us the title of Top Boutique Law Firm 2022, visit pragma.law today. You're listening to At Close of Business. I'm Matt McKenzie, joined today by journalist Liv de Klerk to talk about 
breweries and distilleries. Now, Liv, some people would say this is kind of the ultimate job in a way, being able to write about our local brewing and distilleries industries. Must have been fun. Yes, I actually really enjoyed it. I found it very eye-opening and it was interesting to kind of step into a world I've never witnessed or experienced before. So yeah, it was great. And I think this was your first special report at Business News too, right? It was, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, there were some beautiful photos, but also very interesting content. I want to start us off with breweries. Who's growing? Who's expanding at the moment? A lot of big breweries that are already established are doing some amazing things, particularly in a way of establishing a point of difference from the other breweries. Now that there are so many the industry has become very competitive. So they are kind of trying to make themselves unique in their own separate ways. Blaster Brewery, for example, are opening a new facility in High Wycombe near the Perth International Airport where customers will be able to purchase a package deal where they can enjoy food and beverages while they're waiting for their international flight. And Blaster will provide a shuttle to the airport as well once they do need to go check into their flight, uh, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, that's a pretty, uh, that's quite a thoughtful move. Just on Blaster, are they actually going to move from their existing facility in Burswood, or is this a new one, like a second facility? So this is a second facility, but they will also be moving their Burswood facility down the road closer to the Burswood train station. Yeah, interesting. Okay. You've talked a bit about how these brewing companies are trying to have their own points of difference. So we've spoken about Blaster. What else are people doing? Rocky Ridge in Bustleton. They're opening a tap house in Duncraig this year, which is very exciting for them to be able to branch up to Perth. They are also installing a carbon dioxide reclaim plant, which will save them 2,000 tonnes of carbon dioxide annually, which is part of their mission to be environmentally sustainable and protect the natural world, essentially. Yeah, cool. Now, we also need to talk a bit about the local community focus. It seems like strategies for some of these bigger brewers, particularly as well, are focused on the WA market. Yes, definitely. I think the biggest breweries in WA are definitely bringing it back down to Perth and honing in on our local backyard, in a sense. Gage Roads Brewery, for example, are expanding their facility in Palmyra to be able to facilitate more production in the upcoming year. And Little Creatures has bought the lease for the building that they have iconically lived in for the past 22 years. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's down in Fremantle, is it? Correct. Yeah, okay. I'm sure many of our uh, listeners would have visited it at some point. East of the CBD, there's a new brewery potentially opening there. Yes, but first the company, Found Goods Company, will be opening a brewery, a small brew house with a restaurant in Byford. Right which will be opening this year. The East Perth location won't be coming around until 2024, unfortunately, once the old Perth Girls' School will get a revitalisation and a renovation. That's when the um, brewery will be put in there. Uh, okay, so I jumped the gum there a bit. But yeah. I, I got a little bit excited because people have been talking about a, a redevelopment at that uh, old school for quite a while. I remember there was like a fringe show in there once where the whole school was like part of it and there were like these different chambers... It was all decorated and so many players, so many actors that were kind of playing in this theatre thing, but you were walking through it and you were part of it, kind of trying to solve a mystery or something. One of the best fringe shows I've been to. But on another note entirely from breweries, and I'm looking forward to visiting that when it opens, distilleries. I read in your piece we've gone from about four in WA in about seven years to around 30 Yes, there has been exponential growth in the distilleries industry. However, it is still quite minute. 
in regards to the rest of the world where distilling has been going on for far longer than it has been in WA. Yeah, okay. So what was the number in your use? It was about 1% to 1.5% of the national market for drinking dis- spirits is is made here or made in Australia? Or Yes, so only 1% to 1.5% is Australian made and Australian distilled. The rest of it is from other places around the world. Yeah, okay. One of the big changes in this has been the federal government's moves to alter the excise tax. Do you think that's helped sort of spark more people investing in distilleries? Or Definitely. I think a lot of people who were considering taking that step into the distilling industry were given incentive of sorts with the excise rebates the government installed. So instead of only receiving 60% back, you receive 100% of up to $350,000 worth of spirits. Yeah, okay. Alcohol taxing is actually fascinatingly complex, um, whereas most other goods, you just have a GST or no GST. Alcohol is units and litres and percentages and all the rest of it. But wow, it looks like there's a lot of West Australians that are getting a lot more experience in the topic because so many are opening breweries and distilleries. Liv, thanks so much for your work on this. I'm, uh, I know our readers will be looking forward to having a look. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks for having me. Uh, now, you can read it yourself in the latest edition of the Business News magazine dated January 30 or subscribe online at businessnews.com.au. Today's podcast is sponsored by Pragma Lawyers. The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au.